So here we go, ready for part two of this week's deep dive. Now what we're gonna do is take a step back and look at the real theological significance going into who God is and how we relate to him through Christ as the church. And then what that means in turn for us as the body to walk in the way of love, embodying the love of God given to us. Here's what I think one of those real challenges is in the body of Christ today. Um, the reason it's so hard to choose the concrete expression is because one of the reasons is because the um, when you do put flesh on it, love is inherently it's a relational word. So you cannot do it without someone else. It will be by nature occur between one or more people in a sense to walk in the way of love. But once you get into actual interaction with another human being, there's just so much room for like, man, you know what? Like your, your breath smells, you smell, um, you know, uh, you are a little bit short with me, you know, all the, and I'm sorry to talk about before the show with everyone, but no, just kidding, that was, you know, but you know, the, like once you get into real interaction, there's all this human stuff that just makes it hard because it's no longer it becomes contending, right? It becomes contending, and you really have to contend for that. Um, do you know one of the, you know, here, let's try this on for size, like thinking about it, you know, in terms of excarnational impulse, we talked the first week on just kind of, you know, how we see excarnation play out everywhere in our world. You know, excarnation is, it is so much easier to love from a distance. Have you ever heard the phrase clicktivism? I haven't. So clicktivism is just this idea where, I mean, there's been a, a few different, um, you know, some cause comes up. Um, I remember, um, I think it was Coney, is it Coney? I may get the name wrong a few years back in Uganda. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. overnight, and for good reason, you know, all this light gets shed on what's yeah. happening. Um, the danger when we have all these different we become aware of different pain and things around the world that we have a heart to make a difference and get active in. But what can happen is this trend towards what's called clicktivism. I liked it. I shared it. Done. I did my job. I did my job. I did my job. I was, I was part of the solution, you know? And, and that can apply to all kinds of causes. And it's, and why is clicktivism, you know, why is it easy to, to like, to share, to, it actually requires nothing of me and I don't have to get close. Now, I am in no way saying that now we'll do a better job if we never share. It's, it's likewise and in those situations and different um, uh, pieces like that that trend for a period of time. This is something great about the world that we live in today. Like communication across the entire globe is possible. There's something great there. But we have to also weigh this against the reality that we will be pushed towards um, that which I can do without having to engage yeah. with someone else, mm. you know? Um, yeah, and also that which I can do that maybe makes me feel good. Mm. That for me to, yeah. you like through that idea of clicktivism, yeah. that that supporting that, yeah. that can be, yeah. you know, like I said, I've done my job. That makes me feel good. Yeah. I'm, I'm being, yeah. I'm walking the way of love by yeah. doing that. But then to actually really evaluate yourself and say, Wait, was that walking or was that some other way of love mm. that was, a, mm. like you said, an excarnational, excarnational? Yeah, excarnational. I think yeah. My, yeah, yeah. My, my vocab broke down there slightly, yeah. no, but the no, point no. remains. And that's right, excarnational and excarnational because 
you can do all these things in today's world from the comfort of an iPad, you know, from the comfort of a laptop. And you never, um, you know, get face to face. You never get to the place where you can smell the person. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think there's something to it. Like, like people, everything that's done at a distance and through a screen or, you know, anything where you, you don't have to interact with the flesh and blood reality, um, those pushes towards excarnation, you know? And like you said, and it's easy as well, uh, and, and it's easy to, to, to do it and let it be a part of, you know what, if I do certain things like this, it, it gives me a sense of identity and purpose and all those things, and, and, but we have to keep wrestling with how, how are we making sure we're putting flesh and blood on it? It's costing us something. Yeah. You know, I think like love will cost, which I think is something that's worth, you know, kind of looking at here, like Christ, he gave himself as a sacrifice and offering. There's a cost. Yeah. Like, how do we know maybe when it's moving from excarnation to incarnation, from an excarnate nice idea to incarnation, flesh and blood reality, there's some type of cost involved. It cost me something. You know, anytime you, you, you really engage with serving another person, it will inevitably cost you something. It'll cost you time, emotional energy. It'll cost, um, you know, you could have been doing something else, you know? Anytime you give money, that could have gone somewhere. There's got to be a real cost. And I think it's easy to rationalize away um, actually doing things um, when what really we just don't want is to pay the cost. So we can find lots of reasons why we don't need to do X, Y, or Z, um, but mostly if we wrestle with our heart at times, we just don't wanna pay the cost, you know? And I'm guilty of that as anybody, right. you know? And, and certainly one of the big influencing factors for all of us as we're making decisions, as we're processing how we respond to what it means to be a part of the body of Christ or in any other context, mm -hmm. one of the, the powerful influences of behavior is, does this make me feel good or mm -hmm. not? Yeah. If I do this, yeah. will I feel good? Yeah. Or will I maybe not? Yeah. And I, I see that and I think of my, my own life and how I respond to things. I know that that is just such a powerful shaper and former of behavior sometimes. And so for then us, as we, we look at a scripture like this to say that let's walk the way of love, that for me is a helpful formative idea that breaks through. Let's walk the way that makes us feel the best about everything, right? But then here, here's the, the voice of scripture saying, no, walking the way of love. And as you, you rightly identified, that will that will incur a cost and whatever that might be, that it's uh, an embodiment of the sacrificial love of Christ, which he calls to the church. And if there isn't a cost there of some kind, I think that's almost a great filter to say, is this an incarnational expression of love or is it something else? Yeah. And, and, and I guess even circling back to that, that idea of you say being on team in the expression of the local church, a place like True North. One of the things that I love there, and it really does, you know, for me, and I think about my own experience in teams and serving in teams, it points me back towards two things. One is that it points me towards community with other people that, you know, so much of uh, our society, our culture leads us towards individualism, takes, separates us from community, that this idea that I'm going to be a part with a group of people with a, with a purpose, with a focus, and we're going to own that together. Now that in such a powerful way, just connects you in community when there's shared purpose. And, and that's one of the things that I really treasure about the local church and has been so formative in me. So, so on one hand, it really leads us to that place of community. But then as I mentioned the purpose, and it's like when we talk about, okay, now 
in that community, it's time to start walking as an expression of who Christ is. And I know just reflecting in my own life and so much of how I come to understand my own faith and my own connection with God has been a product of me finding myself in these communities of purpose in the context of the local church. And I just love what that brings to your own life, what it brings to one another's life as you're engaged in purpose in the context of a community of love as defined by Christ. It's a powerful thing. I, I think you're totally right, you know, and I think the, you know, what you touch on there in terms of like the power of being part of community, I think, you know, as we talked a little bit as well about, you know, our cultural radical individualism, um, like those things can be great things. Uh, love can be a great thing. Uh, I'll just mention this real quick because I, I was thinking about that earlier. Just the thing about the way of love, and, it, and it's like so many things, isn't it? It has a long-term payoff, but it may not always make us feel good in the moment, you know? And so I think that, because it's like true, and we know this will be the best way, you know? This will be ultimately the best. But like you said, we, we get governed by, shaped by what's going to make me feel good now. And like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's helpful to remember, like, love is, it's like, it's like an investment, you know? And if you want to be um, wealthy in love, um, it will cost a lot up front, you know, and it will cost in the moment, but it will pay, it will pay off in the most meaningful ways as your life progresses, you know? So it's like, and it's just like, suppose you want to be rich at the end of your life and you're always faced with in the moment, do I, you know, buy this thing, do this thing? I've got to choose between, do I, you know, get what I want right now that will make me feel good? Or do I, you know, delay gratification and go, no, 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 I'm going to invest this here and knowing it doesn't feel as good in the moment, but I'm building towards something greater. And I think the way of love is a little bit like that. In the moment, you are choosing to go, right, I, this is not gonna make me feel as good now, but yet over time, it is what, is what creates you know, the life we're meant for. It's what creates the best life possible. Like I always think, um, you know, sometimes um, use, uh, let's call it the hard work of community or the hard work of being in relationship to people. And so I was like, look, right now, it's just easier. It feel better just to stay in tonight and just, you know, eat and watch Netflix instead of going and gathering with, you know, some people. Um, and you make that choice over and over and over because it feels good right then. Time goes by, you're like, I've got no people who care about me. And it's like, because there wasn't an investment made like over time to create love you know and to create relationship and to create you know it's made through sacrifice so i think it is you know help understand you know, like walking in the way of love won't always feel good in the moment I, maybe it will sometimes but um it won't always in the moment and yet it, it's one of those like no you and you trust you trust trust the process and it, you're gonna it it ultimately is what delivers because likewise almost inevitably what feels good in the moment doesn't lead to the right outcome. <laughs> you know, you see it in the way we eat. It's just a truth written throughout the world. You know, what often feels good and easiest in the moment rarely leads to the best possible outcome. So something I was, great, great wisdom there, but something I was chuckling at in my mind there. I can't remember the movie, but there's this Will Ferrell scene somewhere where he talks about measuring your life in love. Is that a real song or is that just something he's singing? He goes to his like, magic for life in love. 
Anyway, I think that's a real it's song. It's a real song. Well, I didn't when you sang it just then. It, I was um, off. I went too high. Somebody, no, no, no. So I, I can you like, get, have you got a vague memory of that scene? I cannot. I can't find it. I, I'm going to say that is Will Ferrell wisdom right there to Will measure Ferrell. measure your life. Measure your love. life in love. I like it. We should find what scene, what movie be. that is. I've got no idea. It's probably not particularly wholesome. No, <laughs> That's Will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Will. Will you know the. Um, now I'm trying to figure out where that song's from. Yeah, really. I think it's a real song. I do think. It's I would song. guess real song. Yeah. In a real truth. Real truth. Don't you want to measure your life in love? I do. Not easy, but at the end of the day. <laughs> do you know what I think is um, is also um, maybe a helpful idea to kind of reflect on in this context? Um, you know, the community nature of all of this. Um, and why we sometimes miss it. Um, I, I think one of the challenges we have sometimes is we think like we've got this radical individualism in our culture and the way we frame things and we read the scriptures through that lens and we are often more comfortable reading it in terms of how is all of this about me and my relationship to God and maybe don't always give enough thought uh, about kind of this reality that so much of it is just about you know how do you first relate to God and now how do you relate to one another um, I think sometimes this I mean this kind of is a go back to the Garden of Eden kind of thing um, and I think sometimes we look at this kind of okay what happened in the Garden of Eden um, humanity sinned against God um, so they did the wrong thing and now um, and so now God sends you know, through the course of the, the Old Testament section, all these different things, now Jesus comes so that we can have forgiveness with God and be restored to relationship with God. And that is true, but it sometimes focuses, again, only on the individual aspect of what God's done. Whereas when you look and you go back to the garden and you're like, okay, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Genesis story, um, you know, Scott McKnight writes about this in Kingdom Conspiracy. He's one of our favorite authors, Scott McKnight. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I actually got to hear him speak at a, where was I? I was somewhere in the States, some conference somewhere. But anyway, he was the headline. It was awesome. Uh, like, amazing. Anyway, go on. He's yeah. legit. I, do you know, I think he used to sing this song about measure your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, something like that. It was it Scott McKnight? Yeah, it was Will Ferrell. Anyway, yeah, um, one of those guys. And uh, yeah, so he, he you know, he, he talks about how, um, you know, our tendency has been to emphasize the individual aspect of, you know, redemption. And in that, we lose sight of um, the bigger picture. But, uh, and this is thing, you know, so he talks about what, we have to actually look at what was um, the sin in Genesis. It's not just that they sinned, it's what was the nature of it. And, and so he talks about how you have to, we you know, we have to be reminded, like, what does it say about Adam? They were made to be image bearers of God. They were made to, and God says, you know, I'll give you dominion and you're going to, you know, cultivate creation. And so he, he actually calls humanity to rule and to rule under him and under his authority. And the rebellion is to say, we don't want to rule under you. You know, you told us not to eat this tree. No, nah, we, we want to be like you. You know, you tell, don't eat this fruit. You'll be like, God. no, we want to be like God. It's not enough to rule under God, we want to be like God. And that's important to kind of get at because then we realize that what we were made for, you know, is 
ultimately kind of, you know, how do we rule under God, his good creation and cultivate it and be fruitful and multiply and see the whole world is meant to be the kingdom of God and God rules through, through people. And when sin comes in, when we see this picture of, you know, they eat of the fruit and it's like, we sometimes just think, oh, the relationship with God got broken. But it wasn't just the relationship with God. It was, first of all, you know, uh, it says they realize they're naked and they put on, you know, the leaves and stuff because there's shame. The relationship with self has actually been broken. How I see myself, feel about myself, shame enters the picture. So not only is there a brokenness now in relationship with God, there's a brokenness relationship to self. And not only that, Adam and Eve, you know, who did it? You did it, you did it. You know, blame game yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah. The, the relationship. And I believe that finishes with God, right? It was the woman. It was yeah, the woman. You, the you game. Yeah. You know, yeah, everybody's gonna cough. It's like all of the, and in that one moment, you yeah. see almost, every aspect like my relationship myself is broken yeah. i'm now hiding i'm in relationship with you because i think it's your fault and god it's your fault yeah. too and and so this and then and then we're also told and god's like look and there's gonna be this curse to the ground you're gonna be painful toil and our relationship even with creation the good garden god's put us in is now fractured as well and i think kind of being reminded of these four dimensions of how our brokenness, you know, how sin has actually affected us. So it's broken our relationship with God, with self, with others, and with creation. Um, it's helpful to keep us from living out this kind of one-dimensional, um, it's all about me and God thing, you know? And so obviously it's through his restoration of that, but that is to now play out in a restoration of how I'm related to others. And that's what the body of Christ is meant to be, this place that is incarnating, what these restored relationships look like. Now in the body of Christ, there's relationships marked by love, sacrifice, giving to one another, not taking, you know, and it's starting to, to, to incarnate how God always wanted it. And then likewise, as we relate right to God and we relate you know, even in, in these verses in 5.1, he says, do all this as God's dearly loved children. Okay, my relationship with myself can now be no more shame. It's actually, I can understand myself as a dearly loved child of God. My identity is restored. Um, and the body of Christ is the place where we start to get to know, um, yeah, I'm a dearly loved child of God. And that is allowing me to now also restore my relationship and and now from that platform i can love and serve one another um and start to live those things and so and then as the body of christ grows and grows around the world and around um you know planet earth and cross time and history uh we're to take our, our rightful place you know kind of continuing to build the body of christ and in all of creation you know trying to move towards that picture of that one day when you know, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. Like this, this thing's gonna spread to the entire creation will be redeemed and restored as we're restored to God, ourselves, others, and, and creation. But I think, I just think we have to, you know, really work on and go, wow, there's some really big ideas here, obviously. But when you really get back to both what was the problem, and then when you start to play out and, and how God's redeeming it, then you start to see this is why the body of Christ matters so much. It's the place where these restored relationships are meant to be lived. If we can't do it here in the body of Christ, well, then it's no good like telling the world, you guys are getting it wrong. You know, like I think if we actually are, are living this one out, we're going, look, you know, the world can be the world, 
reality is nobody really wants to listen to us because we're sometimes trying to tell the world, here's what you should do or shouldn't do. And the world can easily kind of look and go, well, how great you guys going there? Are you walking in the way of, you know, so we have to work hard to go, right, let's be a place where we do walk in the way of love. And in this community, and it's not about telling other people what they should or shouldn't do, but in this community, in the body of Christ, we try to follow God's example. We try to know we're dearly loved children, walk in the way of love, sacrifice, give, make that our way of life, you know, make it habitual, make it the place where now that's like, yeah, the gospel is actually, you know, bearing fruit um, in, the, in this world through, through Jesus' body. Yeah, so as I was hearing that, Dean, one of the another book written by Scott McKnight, I'm reminded of is the the Jesus Creed. Have you read that one? I haven't. You, no, you got to you got to read it. It's yeah. awesome, Gold McKnight. Awesome. But but anyway, he introduces this idea of creed as being formative for how the body of Christ expresses itself, and he begins with this idea uh, of going back to Old Testament Israel under Moses, and he uh, instates during that time what what came to be called the Jewish Shema, which is the the old prayer: "Here, O Israel, the Lord is God." God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And, and that prayer then became something that they recited d- twice daily all the way up until the time of Christ. So this was the absolute core of what it meant to know God, to follow God. It was the almost a, almost like a, a summary, the most powerful summary they had of the Old Testament law and prophets as the, the journey of Israel went on. That This was the thing that really defined them as a people. And then, of course, in, in the New Testament, we have Jesus and a couple of different places throughout the gospel where he speaks into this where whether he's asked a question teacher what is the greatest commandment and he begins of course by bringing out this Jewish Shema that would have been instantly recognizable to all of the Jewish people in his audience as like yeah this is what it is this is what faith is this is what it means to be God's people to know God to love God but then of course Jesus adds to it and and Scott McKnight in such a beautiful way just brings out how how provocative it was for a rabbi to take their most sacred teaching and then actually add to it and just this powerful idea it's these kind of moments that of course made the pharisees react so so passionately against what christ was doing but but anyway jesus adds to it and he says and not only that the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself and, and i love that that picture in that moment of this we you know think reflecting on ephesians 5 and walking in the way of love and and the body of christ being the place to to bring this incredible theological truth around what we are redeemed from going back to that picture from the garden and, and i just love that picture that this is the creed of what it means to be the church recognizing who god is knowing who god is embodying the love of God in the context of community. And uh, just just a powerful idea is you, you layer those two things. It's so together. true. You know, I was just thinking as well as you were saying that. And then obviously in the one instance, you get the reaction of, uh, and so who's my neighbor? Yeah, right. Which is <laughs> yeah. just exactly an yeah. excarnational what impulse. What is the minimum I have what, to do? <laughs> and, you know, like, hey, don't make me put any flesh on this thing. Yeah. Like, so who is it? What's the least I have to do? Yeah. Who who, and how? And he wants to justify because he wants to find a way. And, and then you look at, like, in Jesus, what he obviously does with that, with the just amazingness of the Good Samaritan parable. And the just like, and what's he doing in that parable is putting 
flesh on it. He's going, this has to be incarnate. So who's the neighbor? Yep, that's great. The, the priest that walks by and yep, you can love God, but you ignore it. It's like, if there is not a tangible expression and the hero, of course, the Samaritan who stops and, you know, bandages the wounds. And you think about how much kind of incarnation goes into that story. It's like, what does it look like to love your neighbor? Like, just to kind of, it's you can't pay lip service. You got a bandage, you know, he takes them, puts them in a bed, leaves the money, like offering, giving. So you think about how much inconvenience happens in that story, how much, again, like no distance. This is someone who's beaten up. There's wounds. There's, you know, there's actually get in there. They're going to have bad breath. They've been laying on the side of the road. They're in a rough shape. This is give. And I think you know, it's so true, you know, like, and I love that idea you said, you know, and of, man, this is the rallying thing, you know, like love God and then love others, walk in the way of life. It's like, it's over and over. And sometimes, I mean, I know for myself, sometimes I'm like, you know, how, how does it not stay more front and center for me? You know, how does it not stay just the, okay, this is the way of life. You know, it, how, how do you, how do I stay, you know, dialed in on, no, no, no. It's not getting, it's giving. It's not what's for me, it's how do I get, you know, and this is the way of love, you know, and actually it's the absolute best way. Um, I think great to be reminded to then go, this is the hard thing. Even the Good Samaritan parable can become a nice idea again and just go, what are, because, well, nobody, nobody ended up in my road, you know, kind of bloodied and bandaged today. Of course I would have stopped, but just kind of, how do we find ways small and and large and constantly um, to live this out? And, and I think, and there's a unique thing as well, that I think, and how do we do this as well, just within the body so that at least, like you said, that, you know, they had this, here's our rallying cry, here's the Shema, here's the, here's what we are all about. And, and God, as he is, you know, he's always been about forming a people who represent him, you know, um, how do we stay rallied around, this is how we love and serve one another so that in the church, people know, I don't, you know, hey, that's who they are. They're just people, they walk in the way of love and they get, here's what that means and they can see it and it's incarnate and, and it's got to start in every small decision. I think walking in the way of love is, you get this, it's like it's every movement, you know, and not because we're trying to earn something, not because if you don't, God's angry. No, 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 we know we're dearly loved children. So let's be reminded, this is what flows from our position as dearly loved children, is to dearly love one another. Um, it's good. I'm feeling the love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.